which is what I want to share on today. I believe God has a, an impartation of joy. You know, our joy overflows in worship. Our joy for the Lord flows actually from an encounter with him. I'm not into religion. I'm not into doing things for the sake of it. I could be doing better things with my time if God were not who he is. If he were not the eternal life-giving spirit. You know, and we face opposition, we get opposition that tries to kill, steal and destroy our joy. This is the perfect example of joy. Could you come and hold her up for us? This little one here, joy is in creation. Now look at that face. Can we turn her around? She is gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Becca used to be on our worship team. Yeah. And... What's this little one's name? Lorelai. Lorelai. Hello, Lorelai. Look at those beautiful eyes. What's this? Talk. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. She is gorgeous. And joy, joy is built into every part of creation. And it's what the enemy so wants to rob us of, is our joy. How have you been lately with joy? I think joy actually is different from happiness. I've read traditional interpretations and then I've read The Rebound, which says, no, joy and happiness are the same thing. But I actually think they are two distinct experiences. And it's actually the source of our joy that, that matters. Where is your joy coming from? Do we try and derive joy from temporal things, things that perish? We get a dopamine hit. We feel a bit happy for a while and then from experiencing something maybe that we've invested into or does our joy come from a source of eternal springs? In Psalms it says, all of my fountains, all of my joy spring from you. And there's a source of joy that comes in the person of Jesus Christ, the embodiment of God the Father. And he's come into our world and he remains with us by his Holy Spirit. We had a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. Um, there was a number of, number of us gathered together at James and Linda's place. And um, the overwhelming theme was one of joy. We just felt it for all of you today. That God wants to remind us to choose joy. To position ourselves for joy. Because life, this is where even pre-COVID, life starts to wind up, it gets busy. Things start to demand, yet life demands something of us. And yet we are the stewards of life. God has put us at the top of creation so that we dictate. Because that stuff, if that starts to build up, it'll rob you of your joy. So choose joy. Joy is supernatural gladness. I want us just to think on that for a moment. Joy is supernatural gladness. It's what we see in the early church in Acts 2, 46 and following. And in Acts 13, it talks about the joy of the community, this community. The spirit of Jesus lives in this community. 
when you gather together as a connect group or a team or with another person for coffee or when you're serving God or you're in your workplace, there's a joy that flows out of this wellspring collectively that the world can't offer. In fact, Jesus says that about peace. I give you peace and I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. So the source of our joy is what matters. Where is your joy flowing from? That's not a condemnation. That's not a judgment. Because there are times where I'll kind of go, I'll play that Scrabble game one more time on my phone. And like my brain's screaming, give me a rest. This is not helping anymore. So I've been there. And so we need to find things that refresh the wellsprings of joy and peace and love. And in Acts, we see the the community of believers in joy, it says. In the fear of the Lord, that's important to recognise too. Reverence for God and the joy that flows from his spirit. Um, C.S. Lewis says um, in one of his uh, autobiography, um, Surprised by Joy, I'm just going to quote this, he tells of experiencing otherworldly joy. It's otherworldly. The source is from God, a specific joy that defies our modern understanding. See, we're we're going to, I just need another holiday, or I just need um, a really good meal, or I need whatever it is, and we're trying to put things in because we think that we're going to derive satisfaction from those things. And look, to to a point, they're okay. I'm not kind of downplaying the need for holidays and for recreation, but otherworldly joy is not something that you can derive from your environment. To delight in the Lord and to create space for him, that's that's our source of joy. This idea of joy is not um, a satisfied desire, but an unsatisfied desire, a deep longing for God, a hungry pursuit of God's heart that never ends and is more satisfying than any earthly happiness. And this is where some traditional views on happiness and joy find their distinction. And so let our wellsprings flow. And so I just want to encourage us today that the Holy Spirit wants us to be filled with his joy. Let's find the source of joy. And I want to touch on that for a moment, on the source, because this is really important. You know, we've been born again, the Bible says, into an eternal kingdom. Jesus says in Matthew 25 that there's an eternal kingdom prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Isn't that good news? That this life is not it. This life is here to be lived and experienced. And and yes, there's times of trial and testing, and we live in the brokenness of this world. But Jesus Christ, who lived and died for our sins and was raised again, it says in the scriptures that he'll come again. And that when he does, he will consummate. It's a term that we would refer to in marriage. He will consummate the kingdom. It means bring it into full effect. So we live in the now, but not yet. We're still waiting for Jesus to come and do this. And it says of this kingdom um, in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, so earthly things alone, but of living a life of goodness and peace 
and joy in the Holy Spirit. So these, you know, Jesus says to the disciples, my kingdom is in your midst. So it's here, it's with us when, we, when two or more gather. And it's the qualities. When we, if we're going to strive for anything, we strive for love and for unity in the faith. And where we get love and unity together, we get these qualities of the kingdom being manifest in our lives. And so I want to encourage us today, we've been born into this eternal kingdom that can't be quantified or qualified through earthly assessment. It's something that comes as we gather, as we come together in Christ. Galatians 5, to 23 says this about the source of joy. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so joy, there's no law. There's no limit on joy. There's no limit. There's no law saying, well, that's enough joy for today. Sorry, you're just a little too happy there. Now, you can flow with joy. I've never met someone where I have been offended because they're too joyful. I've never met someone that is too imposing because they're just too full of joy. It's an incredibly encouraging and soothing thing to be with people that are full of hope, full of joy, full of God's kingdom, because it flows in us like a river. Jesus says that, doesn't he, in John? That rivers of living water, this is what he's referring to, the life of the spirit, the life of the kingdom that you and I are a part of. And the enemy will come and try to block up that wellspring. He'll try to put in their disappointment. He'll try to put in their hopelessness, despair, tragedy. He'll try to block it up with even good things, distractions, things that can get in the way that we think, God, when did I stop hearing you? Well, sometimes we get too full of just life the good things and the hard things, and we need to go, right, that's it. Time for an audit. Time for a clean-out. Time for, to review, Lord, what is it that my foundations are built on? And in that place, there's joy. Because when we get those priorities right, things flow. I remember for me, um, joy uh, has flowed for many years out of a position of revelation, when I cast my mind, you know, Paul talks in um, Ephesians uh, 1 and 3 and about the eyes of our heart being enlightened. This is a spiritual experience that all of us can have. There's no spiritual superstars here. Everyone can have an insight, a revelation into who God is, into his purposes for your life as a child of God. And you need to know that today, that there's a joy that flows out of a simple devotion to Christ, 2 Corinthians 11.3, but out of the eyes of your heart being opened. When you see what the scriptures say and you understand it for yourself, the Bible calls that revelation. The Bible calls that um, awakening of the scripture illumination. These are experiences, we've talked about it earlier this year, having a rhema word. The word rhema means almost spoken word or enlightened word of God in our lives. These are things that we don't go, oh, that's old school Pentecostalism. No. Brush it off, pull it out, 
God speaks to his people. Now, I don't have to ask him whether I'm going to have jam or Vegemite on my toast. But I'm, I might say, Lord, I need to, I'm making a big decision in my business. Or, Lord, I'm making a big decision um, financially. Or, Lord, I'm making a big health decision or relationships or whatever it might be. God wants to speak to us. God wants to give us the joy of his presence. Some of us today need to hear this next bit, which is joy is a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, it says, was acquainted with much sorrow, but equally he had more joy than any other person. I want to read to us from Psalm 45, 6 to 7. It says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Again, eternal kingdom. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy uh, on you more than anyone else. Isn't that incredible? The oil of joy more than anyone else. Oil in scripture is a symbol of anointing. And God says to his God, i.e. to Jesus, the Messiah, I've anointed you with joy more than anyone else. Jesus is the source of joy. If you want to have a supernatural joy, get into the presence of Jesus. Get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Seek him. Now, joy isn't just given to us when we are feeling happy. And this is the distinction between joy and happiness. Again, functionally, you can have joy in the midst of hardship. Incredible. Psalm 30 that Tara read. I wanted to include it, but I had too many scriptures. But that I'm glad you pulled that one out. Because that's prophetically for, for us, I believe. Declare today that, yes, there's been season maybe of hardship in parts of my life. We've gone through some tragic things as a community this year, the loss of precious lives. Hardships that people are still going through, coming out of a difficult season with social and um, community impact. But there is a time for us to rise out of that. The night has gone, the morning's here. And it's time to rejoice. And this is something we can put on in all circumstances. But here we see that it's a part of the ministry of Jesus. He's anointed with joy, it says, more than anyone else. Let's have a look at um, Isaiah 62, sorry, 61, 1 to 4. And Jesus uh, quotes this in Luke 4. He quotes this passage about himself prophetically. But I want to pull out the, the full passage because here we see Jesus makes a statement about this passage when he's in the synagogue and he's got, you know, he's saying, This has been fulfilled today in your hearing. So when he went to that cross and when he paid the price, uh, 1 Corinthians um, 15 53 says that Jesus is an eternal life giving spirit. So who knows that in that eternal kingdom, what started at the cross continues now by the life of the Spirit. So this is still his ministry to you, to me, and to the world. Let's read it together. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, 
hear this today. This is for you. If you've got a broken heart, if you've had pressure, if you've had... A broken heart isn't just feeling sad. I've had a broken heart. Literally, I felt something within me break. It was the most difficult season. 12 months of my life, 18 months to come through that. But broken hearts are real. You can have a broken spirit. But it says in Isaiah, a bruised reed, he will not break. And you need to hear it today. Some of you are here today to hear this for a reason. I'm not just saying that in a generalised sense. I have a sense that God has appointed you to hear this message. You can be healed of a broken heart. And to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. This is not physical chains. Although in the day it could be, but it wasn't speaking of physical things. Jesus here is relating it to spiritual bondages. Jesus says in John 8, he who commits sin is a slave to sin. So he's coming to release people from broken hearts, from bondages to sin that keep us bound to an enemy and his plans and his schemes in, in practical ways. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Hear that today. The Lord's favour is here for you. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Our enemies is sin and death. And Jesus defeated those at the cross. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. So this is the exchange today. This is the ministry of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Is he wants to swap out now. He wants you to exchange and say today, I'm going to swap out grief or I'm going to swap out disappointment or I'm going to swap out poverty, or I'm going to swap out uh, a poor attitude, or I'm going to swap out unforgiveness. Because this is what he's come. He's come to give us beauty, a new way, where there's ashes, because these other things bring brokenness to the human spirit. They bring brokenness to our world. And guess what, church? You and I, if it says if judgment's going to begin, it begins in the house of God. You and I are sorting through these things. And then we have something to offer that is so beautiful. So beauty for ashes, joyous blessing instead of mourning. Here we see it, there's a ministry of joyous blessing. Festive praise instead of despair. So what are we going to swap out today? Because sometimes you need to choose joy like you'd choose forgiveness or like you'd choose anything else in the life of God. It's there. Everything depends, church, on a choice. And that's one thing I've realised is, you know, if you're anything like me, you've, we've all been through hardship and we even face hardship currently. Jesus never promised a life that was free of challenge or difficulty, but what he did say is that I'm telling you these things so that my joy may be in you. Because we have hope in joy. We have hope because we can... Who hopes for what they can't see? It's ahead of us. But yes, I'm, Lord, I thank you that you've, you've got that waiting for me. Thank you for your word, Lord, in which you've made me hope. It says in Psalm 119, I think it is. For this is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. So we can turn from mourning 
into joyfulness in faith. And there's something in there that sustains you. There's something in there that will go, this will pass. It is a form of strength for your spirit and your soul. But your mind must agree. Because if we allow the thoughts, if we allow the intrusions to go, to, to kind of speak in our ear, that's where the enemy can get a stronghold and rob us of our joy. In their righteousness, they'll be like great oaks. So here we see the fruit of this ministry. There's a strength. You're like a tree that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They'll be rebuilt. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. This is powerful. Sometimes there's generational brokenness. What was once a thriving family or a, a thriving person can be ruined by despair and by the, the, the battles of life can come against us. But here we're seeing that the ministry of Jesus, who is anointed with joy, can come and heal a broken heart. It's remaining. It's just remaining in that place and saying, Lord, I receive and I'll keep receiving. It's not just a moment. Don't just come and get a prayer and think, I've prayed for joy, but I never got it. No. It's like anything else. It's a fruit. Do you know fruit grows? Galatians 5, to 23, we just read it. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. He grows these things in our lives. It says joy, like peace or anything else, it grows. You've got to stay planted, though, to receive that. If you cut off the root system, guess what? You've got something that looked like it was fruitful, but it's become shriveled. Today, it's just a choice. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will, they will revive them. Though they have been deserted for many generations, you may be lacking in joy in what feels like has been a lifetime. But do not give up. I'm here to tell you today, it's the ministry of Jesus. There is joy in the, house of the God, in the house of God. There is gladness, supernatural gladness. We're going to get to some keys in a moment in this last 10 minutes that we have. So we can experience joy in various situations. And I just, I've kind of outlined them, so I'm just going to skip over this. Some of the scriptures may come up as I refer to them. But three ways that we can, or three domains, there may be more that you can think of, but these are the ones that sat with me as I was preparing today. First is, we can experience joy in eternity, in God's presence. Psalm 16, uh, 9 to 11, um, you know, it talks about, um, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So this is a good thing. God promises us, and this passage actually is about death. So even in the most unjoyous, what we would perceive to be a very confronting part of living, which is ceasing to live, dying. But here, the psalmist says, no, you're going to grant me the joy of living with you forever and being in your presence. So we can experience joy even as we approach the big issues of life, the ultimate one being our passing. We can experience it in hardship 
Jesus, it says in Hebrews 12.2, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was that joy? Anyone want to have a guess? What was the joy that was set before him? The saints, exactly. A plus, it was you and me. The saints, the, his holy ones, his hagios, it's, it's us. He saw you and me and he went into that most horrific experience where he shed his blood for the whole human family. And to him, that was a joy. Nehemiah 8.10, it says of the repentant believers or the repentant saints in, uh, that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And so this is what we can rejoice in, church, is that we are a people that have been promised great joy and we can experience it. We can. We just have to stop long enough. We just have to unclog the wellspring, the well of the joys of salvation and work at that. We can also rejoice in hope. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. So when you've got hope, church, you've got joy because you know that God's word is faithful. And this is the thing. His word out there today is maybe being diminished. Will God do what he said he'd do? We, we kind of compare the word of God maybe to other things that appear more obvious and right before us. But these things are actually the opposite. They're temporal. They will pass and you cannot take a single thing with you. But what does it say in 1 Corinthians 13, 13? These three fruits, it says, remain forever. Faith, hope and love. It's the fruit of God that remains forever. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So rejoice in confident hope. Sometimes you need to rejoice. You need to stir up your spirit and remind yourself of what God has said. We see that with David. He, he, he strengthened, it says, himself in the Lord. When everything had been taken, but he thought, I've, I've killed the bear and the lion and this giant and, you know, God, you can do this too. So last theme I just want to touch on in this, I've got five minutes left. How do we remain in joy? This is the key for us today, church, and I want us to really kind of tune in for this part. And I'm just going to move quite quickly through just two passages in this last five minutes. John 15, 9 to 11, Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Isn't that comforting to know? Jesus' love is perfect. He received it directly from the Father. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. We've got to remember that we're loved. This is one of the keys. So quickly the enemy will distract you and keep you busy and you can forget just how loved you are as a child of God. 
This is the one thing, one of the things we need to contend for. So remain in the revelation of his love. If you're going to get a revelation on one thing today, and in fact, Phil Phil shared it, love my people. Remain in his love, church. Practice kindness. Practice gentleness. Practice faithfulness. Self-control. These are the fruits of the spirit. This is what love is. Contending for the love and the unity of our faith, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, the way we talk to one another, how we respond under stress and trial. These things matter. It's part of our transformation. It's testing. Lastly, let's, what, let's have a look at what Philippians 4, 4 to 9 says as we close today. I've got three minutes. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. This is an imperative. It's actually a command. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. If you want to overcome, I'll tell you what, if you struggle with um, fluctuating mood, we've talked about worship, we've talked about in the past the polyvagal nerve that runs from your brain down into your tummy, how that is activated by singing, well, rejoice, rejoicing, joy is an overflow and flows into worship. Just when you're on your own or in the shower, just begin to rejoice, begin to praise God and thank him for all the good things he's done. Always, it says, always be full of joy in every circumstance, regardless of your feelings. Feelings aren't a good indicator of truth. Just remember that. You're going to feel a whole lot of things in this life, but they're not going to necessarily lead you down the right path. So don't always reference them. Don't just reference your feelings. It goes on to say, verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So remember, this is all in the context of joy. Sometimes we read these passages and go, oh, this is a separate thing now that Paul's... No, it's not. It's all linked to joy. And why? Because if I'm walking around as a Christian looking down and I'm glum and I have forgotten to be joyful, how is that a witness or an encouragement to others, if I remain in that place, I've got to choose joy. I've got to remember what the Lord has done for me, not just from the cross, but every season where he's been faithful. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. One of the things when you lose your joy is you can become inconsiderate. You become self-focused. Let's encourage ourselves. Let's remember the Lord is coming soon. He came once. It was prophesied in creation, in fact, in Genesis, that a Messiah would come. If he came once, he'll come again. We just need to be ready. Let everyone see that you are considerate. I've read that bit. Let's move on to verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So again, here we see one of the keys to joy is worry. Worry and anxiety can rob you of your joy. And we must bring our burdens before the Lord. Bring them before your connect group. Bring them before a a Christian friend and say, help me to leave this with the Lord. Maybe you need some godly wisdom to unravel that situation. Maybe you just need godly joy to unravel the anxious knot 
that's within you. Laughter is good for the bones, it says in Scripture. Allow joy to well up. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. This is what I'm saying. Let's remember your testimony. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace is a guard to joy. Sometimes the enemy's come in and robbed us of our joy and it's because we've possibly not had the peace of God there, but we can have that. It's easy to get back. Allow your heart today to rest in God. It says, ask him for everything you need. Then leave it with him. Allow the peace of God then to rest on your heart and that joy, I think it's probably one of the most fragile fruits you could so easily perish That's why the enemy goes for it. But allow peace to be a guard today over that. Maybe today you need to get your peace back. Maybe today you need a word from God to strengthen you so that you can rest in him and allow your joy to flow again. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honourable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So here we see again, one of the keys to maintaining your joy is, what do we fix our thoughts on? If we're allowing anxiety to breed through, you know, CBT, modern psychology, builds itself really on a scriptural principle, and that is that if we set our thoughts right, our our emotions follow, and then our behaviour also follows. Equally, it works in reverse. You can actually do something which then leads to a shift in thought and emotion. So we've got to fix our thoughts, it says. What are we... This is not just on scripture. You know, God's revelation to us, the joy of the Lord is in creation. We were up recently at back of the Blue Mountains and we just live in such a beautiful region here on the south coast. Just the inspiration of God's goodness in creation, in a beautiful baby, Lorelei, in the smile of a child or a spouse or a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew, in a good friend. These things, when we appreciate all of creation, it gives rise to worship and praise. And we've got to fix our thoughts sometimes on those things and not on the thing that is demanding this this giant that wants to be acknowledged, that wants to keep us gripped. Anything that is excellent and worthy of praise. So joy flows in this sense from what we focus on doesn't mean to say you won't get the thought. Of course it's going to come in. But I just, I just let some thoughts come in. I just keep letting them go. I don't take any... I'm not condemned for having a thought. It's what I do with the thought that matters. So continue to fight the good fight. Put on your helmet of salvation. 
Last verse. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So here we see that maintaining our joy, this command to be joyous always, we've got to practice it. You might think, oh, shouldn't it just kind of flow? Shouldn't love and joy and peace and those things just happen? No. You've got to work at them. They're a fruit. Read the Word of God and, or be in a connect group or listen to a podcast of Scripture that, as I said the other week, I'm drawing at the moment, doing a series and, of drawings that I just felt to do and I'm just playing Scripture. I'll play um, a gospel or another part, but also I'll just do my daily devotion with a... I do the Nicky Gumbel one, Bible in One Year, and he's a brilliant thinker, very humble man, good mind. But we've got to practice these things. Just do what you do, keep a good rhythm and just build into it something that invites the Lord in, his word, his presence. But we have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I want to encourage you today. This is not just an idea. This is something you can receive for yourself. But make a decision today. Put your roots down deep.